0: A complete color management system designed by colorists for colorists, helping salons to eliminate waste, ensure consistent color and pricing, track inventory, and maximize profit. To learn more about Vish, simply text in all capitals, "GET VISH" with no space, G-E-T-V-I-S-H, to the number 44222 for more information. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing someone who has become a dear friend. We met through Periscope. We both jumped on, you know, on a regular basis and offered hair color and just hair in general, business and technical information to whoever would listen to us on Periscope several years ago. And we have stayed connected. Through social media, Facebook, Instagram, all things social. And we both are of a similar age and a similar stage in our career. We're both passionate about sharing what we know. And it's such a pleasure to have her here and chat with her. I had the pleasure of interviewing her for my monthly hair color. Uh, Secrets Insider membership, and she dropped so many knowledge bombs and so many great nuggets that I invited her again to share with all of you on the podcast. So welcome, Jennifer, and thank you so much for joining. It's so great to chat with you. So right before I hit record, you and I were chatting and Mm
1: -hmm. we were catching
0: up on all things, this unfortunate coronavirus, and you had shared with me that you're from the uh epicenter of the virus Mm -hmm. so let's Mm -hmm. let's chat about that a little bit before we dig into hair color because everyone's really fearful right now it's it's a very uncertain i don't ever remember the new york hair show being canceled ever for anything as well as you know there's been several big um open events that are you know millions and millions of dollars in income are being lost and now it's starting to affect the everyday salon, and yeah. we jumped on. You said you're quarantined, so let's yes. talk about, talk <laughs> about that—the toilet paper and all yeah, those.
1: I know that was so hilarious. Well, let me just say thank you so much for having me here, and I am so thrilled and excited, and I am so um, happy for you and where you're taking everything, um, because I think there's a lot of um, you know thirsty stylists who are looking for knowledge. And, um, you know, they need to learn in their journey what we've learned in ours and we've made all the mistakes. And so, yeah, Um, yes, regarding the coronavirus, I am in quarantine um, and it's been just a few days of being in quarantine and it's not scary. Uh, I've experienced a few little symptoms, but it's it's not been anything that's been confirmed because they are saving all the tests for the hospitals that really need to perform them on a regular basis. And um, my symptoms... Uh, you know, they could be flu, they could be, there. there's so many um, similarities between the coronavirus and the flu and the common cold. In fact, yesterday I was watching Dr. Oz on the Jimmy Fallon show and it, he was really, really good. He did a whole thing on how to wash the hands the doctor way. So I realized, wow, of all the hand washing stuff I've seen, Dr. Oz was the best. So I think for anyone who wants to know more things to go to Dr. Oz's uh, instagram page because he gives a lot of good information there but um the thing about the toilet paper is so funny because i never drew the connection until i was um under this quarantine but you know quarantine means stay home for two weeks and so if you run out of toilet paper it's like what do you use i mean my husband and i actually had a conversation about this (laughs) like okay there's newspaper there's so yeah we don't want to run out of toilet paper but um, it's, it's an interesting journey because I was under a moral obligation really to notify my clients and let them know that there was a possible risk. And while I feel fine and I'm not really experiencing symptoms, I could pass it on to someone who doesn't experience symptoms, but they could pass it on to a sick family member who could get Mm. really, really sick. And I think that's what people need to understand is that we are really protecting those who are aging and those who, um, like one of my clients is caring for a very sick brother. And so she was just really thankful to have the option of, rescheduling and so it's i I feel totally fine about rescheduling it's not a scary thing i can work on my days off i can make up um for those people and you know it's not a loss of business everyone has said to me oh i can wait another two weeks it's not a big deal and you know if they if if they were um if i didn't have you know uh i work three days a week so I'm able to schedule them in those other days so that's why I can get them in within two weeks but if I was really strict about my schedule and I thought oh I'm only going to work on these days yes they'd have to wait longer so I think there are times when we have to make exceptions as a stylist and a hairdresser you know it's we work a little harder um, when we have to so I hope that wasn't too much of a rabbit trail. No, no, but, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And, and what's happening, you know, the, the New York hair show was canceled. The um, basketball tournaments are saying, first they said no spectators. Then they said no tournaments. You know, these are mm-hmm. businesses that are millions and millions of dollars. So for us as the everyday hairstylist, yes, it's, it's a big hit in the wallet because we have, you know, our income is based on how much we work but to yep. point, you know, is it worth risking your health or someone else's health for a temporary speed bump? And I almost feel like things like this happen when, you know, the world is the most disconnected. Think about how disconnected everyone has become prior to this,
1: mm-hmm. where yeah. everybody's
0: just on their phone and on social media and they're not spending time with people. And I think Forcing us to think twice about going out to a big event or, you know, even leaving the house is really going to make us aware of Mm -hmm. how good we have it when these things aren't going on. Yeah, it does force you to be thankful.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It does force you to be thankful. uh, Yeah. And also too, you know, just to encourage all your hairdresser listeners out there that we... We have a career that is pretty recession-proof. People will always want to get their hair done. They will give up eating out, buying an outfit, um, spending money in those other non-essentials. But but we, you and I have been in the business for a long time to know that that hair is essential, <laughs> and and people will still come to get their hair done. So just want to put out that positive energy in about that because um, it's really easy to look at the doom and gloom, but it really isn't. We've chosen a career that is, it it still will provide through the really difficult times. Exactly.
0: And let's segue from there. It's a perfect way Mm -hmm. to segue into gray coverage because, you know, there's... Someone that is very loyal is a woman that has gray, that has a telltale, you know, one inch growth every month. Mm -hmm. They will do pretty much anything to get that gray covered. And that's something that um, when you and I did our interview, we chatted about the importance of really understanding what it means to be able to properly cover gray. Mm -hmm. I have found on a lot of hair color forums people are really quick to blame the product, you know? Oh, what brand do you use? Mine's not covering Mm -hmm. the gray. And I will answer in the nicest way possible because I don't want any hate mail. I say, (laughs) you know, really there's only two major factories that make all hair color and and all of them have a lot of the same ingredients that actually create the coverage in the color. In Mm -hmm. my opinion and my experience, I always, you know, say that first, I believe that where things go wrong is improper formulation, lazy application, and improper timing. Those are usually the things that are going wrong. And you and I had chatted about texture of hair. I think most Uh stylists forget that your fine haired client who has really super fine hair and you would think would soak up and drink up. The color right away sometimes can be your most resistant client. And there's also yeah. clients with major density and curl and a really mm-hmm. compact cuticle. And I think we're so far removed from our beauty school experience. You know, everybody says, oh, you don't learn anything in beauty school. Honestly, what you learn in beauty school is the stuff that you forget the quickest, which is mm-hmm. the actual chemistry and the, the why behind how hair color works. That's what I love about you because you are able to explain it so much more simply and you understand more of the science about the why. And and you're very mindful of the pH in the hair and keeping the integrity of the fiber. And that's what I wanted you to share with people listening that it's so much more than grabbing a tube of 7N and putting it on the hair and setting the timer
1: yeah so there are so many facets to gray coverage in my opinion um and i i will always give kudos to my mentor um who was dennis gephardt because he really taught me to think uh outside the box and and i think you know before I learned the science of hair color, which I, let me just say that I, there's a lot of things I don't remember. Um, and there's things I do remember. And, um, so, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing hair color, sometimes things come to me just intuitively and I I forget to think through the steps because sometimes maybe we take them for granted or, Mm or whatever. But, um, one of the things that I learned from dentists is that all color um, works similarly. And then there there's these differences between hair color and that we have to stop blaming the brand for something because it's really more about the formulator. It's about the formulator and their um, approach to hair color. Recently I was in a forum and I was um brought you know someone brought to my attention a question in this forum and it was somebody using a um someone was at the, their client was at a level six and they wanted to bring them up to a eight nine and, and they kept saying say eight nine <laughs> why yeah. is it warm why is it warm <laughs> exactly why is it warm why is it warm <laughs> and you know wanting to to cut the warmth and uh, One thing that we really need to understand is that all permanent hair color, whatever you use that creates lift will always create warmth, even on on, um, white hair, on gray hair. Gray hair, with the exception of white, will always contribute some degree of warmth. White hair has a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of warmth you know when we foil white hair for instance with lightener i always foil white hair with the lowest lowest volume possible because white it, hair it goes so quick
0: there's only a tiny yeah, little
1: window of that
0: little bit of yeah
1: and you warmth. want this you want super slow action so you can catch it in time at that lightest degree of warmth it's like it goes to this pale butter yellow and just um a a matter of seconds almost, 100%. so um, you know, uh, f- we will always have warmth, so you really cannot get an, an ash tone uh, on w- with taking someone to an eight nine, you're almost better off highlighting them to the level you want and then glazing, glazing over the top time. or or depending on their texture and their type of gray you can use that level eight, nine as a depositing type of color. You could almost put a level 10 on top of that gray hair and work it as a deposit. So you're getting a slight shift with that permanent color because of its alkalinity. And, um, you know, uh, that's not something that I will preach and teach. Until I really uh, see that client's hair and I understand the color that I'm using. If you're not absolutely positive about the color line that you're using and the results you're going to get, then you don't want to play around with permanent hair color to work at it as a deposit. You're almost better off using it, using lightener to foil, and then getting tone um, at the at that level that you've lifted to and that's another thing that we want to talk about um, as a segue i think is when we're formulating you want to think of it as okay i'm a level six and i want to lift to a level eight and so your formula should be something to where you're lifting at, so let's say you're going from the six to an eight, what is the undertone of a level eight? And that's what your formula should be targeting for. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Absolutely. And the
0: other piece and, and the way that I teach that confuses people is for years, you know, manufacturers, beauty school teachers Everyone seems to teach that if you have a client who's a level six and she wants to be an eight, you use a level eight. And that's where the conversation of alkalinity comes in. When you're Mm -hmm. using, when you're pulling a tube of an eight and you're using it on a six, you're actually only Mm -hmm. reaching a level seven. And that's the biggest aha for me years ago was, wow, no wonder it's so warm. I'm really not getting to the level that I thought that I was getting to. And yeah even if I were to get to an eight, if you resort to the underlying pigment contribution mm-hmm. chart, an eight is still yellow orange. So yeah, your goal, so... you're actually pulling them to the warmest part of the, the levels yes. of lift in hair. And then it's like, why yeah. is she so warm? What did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. Let me switch color lines. And it just becomes yeah. the spacing of your tail and, and it uh-huh. is really frustrating as an educator you know i have usually 45 to 55 minutes in a classroom at a hair show
1: mm-hmm. and i mm-hmm. bring up
0: this whole math equation and i get all these blank looks everyone looks glazed over they all look yes. like they all of a sudden are constipated and i'll call i'll call it out i'll say everybody <laughs> looks constipated what's going on and they're like what do you mean i've been doing color for 15 years And of course an 8 is going to give me an 8 and it's just not yeah. true so i think well, that's the number 1 issue for me. And it all starts there. And once you understand mm-hmm. where you're actually landing, and then if you're going to land here, this is what is going to be present naturally in the hair. People are terrified to use a straight up blue based color, thinking they're going mm-hmm. to make someone blue. And I'm like, you should be so lucky to have that much blue tone in a level eight that is really going to turn the hair blue, and I think that's where you know people really don't understand what's going on with with color.
1: Yeah. So um, regarding the blue, I think what we have to take into consideration is the not only the color of gray, because I don't think we really think about gray in colors. There are different tones of pepper there yes. are different tones of white. So, well, I don't know if you can really say there's different tones of white. No, I know exactly
0: you're- what you're saying. There's like that pure pure white as the driven snow white that women get yes. and then there's that beautiful silver has a tinge yes. of actual silver gunmetal and that will yes. create a lot more warmth than that snow white. So, to your point, 100% I agree that, you know, white is not white gray is not gray it's levels of depth of lack of pigment and you really have to you know pay attention to how much is left in that silver or white strand in your formulation that's a great point no i i totally am with you
1: and and one thing to to remember too is gray hair has color memory even though we don't see hair color there's color memory within the gray. So you want to formulate your colors as if the gray is still going to be contributing warmth even though you don't see the warmth. Mm. So that's, that's one thing to keep, into, keep in mind. Mousy hair, for example, that will still contribute some warmth. And interestingly, what I will do with many of my mousy heads of hair is I will add gold, because when someone becomes mousy, they they really lack warmth in their skin tone as well. And so when you're formulating to cover that that gray hair, um, you don't you don't even necessarily have to cover it. Sometimes I will take my formula let's say we have a level seven for example who's mousy i will apply a level eight with a 10 volume and maybe half of my formula is going to be gold and the other half is is maybe a neutral and i will apply a 10 volume because all i want to tweak all i want to do is tweak that mousy and bump it to warmth and i will buffer it with a neutral so that i don't get it too warm but we also want to consider the percentage of gray that that mousy hair is so if if they're a hundred percent mousy and all we see is this shadow maybe what i'll do is all neutral but if I see a little bit of white mixed in or a little bit of gray mixed in then I will add some gold to compensate for that that difference because sometimes if we don't add gold in my opinion a head of hair will look more muddy and I think a lot of us use muddy as a safety net And we're afraid to use gold, but gold is is such a useful tone to add to so many things. We can add gold to red, we can add gold to copper, we can add gold to brown, we can add gold to chocolate. Gold brightens. It doesn't necessarily lighten, but gold can just be a very useful tone. And I I highly recommend playing with it and not being afraid to use that tone. I think also, too, we want to think about is what does 25% gray look like? What does 50% gray look like and 75%? We know what 100% gray looks like. 100% gray can still look mousy. It it has white mixed in, it has pepper mixed in, it has all these tones. It could be all white, that could be 100% gray. So I think determining you know, um one of the exercises that I did in my gray coverage forum, which I am <clears throat> very I've gotten very lazy about um, really doing any kind of activity in that gray coverage forum because at the time, I felt like I was getting all of these educators in there and not enough of the people that were really wanting to learn about gray coverage, but I would take these black and white photos of gray hair and post pictures of them and say, okay, let's let's guess what level that is. I remember and that. Amazing. And that was such a
0: great exercise because people don't really see the depth in color. It's very hard yes. to separate the lightness and darkness when things are in color. Um, yes. And I do believe, you know, when I'm teaching a, a group class and I spread open the hair and I say to the people in the class, what percentage gray do you see? Every single person has a different answer. It's never the same, and it's always exaggerated. You know, I'll see ten gray hairs, and they'll say fifty percent, and I'm like, seriously?
1: (laughs) Have you seen fifty percent gray? (laughs) Here's a little tip for people who want to understand what does fifty percent gray look like. When you look at a head of hair, if you see gray first they're over 50% gray. If you see the natural level first, they're under 50% gray. Right. So that's a good place to start, is what do you see first? So if what you see is under 50% gray, then you wanna break it down from there. Okay, 50% gray. Now, maybe when you're looking at that 50% gray, there's still more natural tone in there. So. If you're seeing a lot of natural tone, then you're going to get a lot of warmth in your formula. Uh, And so that's kind of where my brain goes. It's not a very scientific way, but that's how I break things down. And a lot of times when I am, I hate to say covering gray, because a lot of times I like to blend gray. I will explain to my clients that sometimes I just want those strands to take on a a tone of color so that it almost looks like highlighting. So Mm -hmm. then I'll use my formulation to deposit because they don't really need lift. They just really need blending Blending. of that tone. Does that That make sense? It totally
0: makes sense. And I, that's the other thing that I'm known for is promoting using a Demi. Don't always reach for, permanent oxidative color that's going to lift because you're also complaining about too much warmth and a lot of people myself include it I just had my mm-hmm. hair done and I went to a new stylist cuz I can't find anybody to do it the way that I want them to do it and I yeah. told her my formula yeah. and she was like very combative about you know oh that doesn't make sense and she was just really it was not a good fit at all because mm-hmm. she didn't understand what I was trying to do but to your point I have gray that I don't want and I also like dimension and I like being mm-hmm. a blonde on a deeper base. So for me, yes. I'm not looking to try to lighten my base. I've gone down that road and it wasn't pretty. Mm-hmm. I was like the Blanche poster of child. I look like blonde McDonald yes. all the time and I didn't like it. So for me, I'm like, I just want minimal gray and I want highlights. So for me, a demi was perfect. So I think sometimes just stepping back and looking at a different solution. One of the things that I was known for in the salon is taking people on their first journey into color. You know, that became the buzz. Like if you never had color, go to Elaine because she does something special where it's really low maintenance. And all it was is I was using a Demi versus permanent and they don't get that harsh line. They're not getting all the warmth. They don't get all the upkeep. And that's all it was. I would describe to them in the consultation How it? because people don't understand how color works, I'd say, how would you feel if I took this eraser on this pencil and just went down your part line and just erased all of your gray, but your hair would look exactly like it does now, minus the gray. And their eyes would get really big. And they would get really excited and say, yes, that's all I want. Where most salons would say, oh, you have gray. Okay. Permanent color. Let's go. And they would lighten it. And then they'd have all this warmth in the summer and they have to wear a hat and protective products and colored conditioners and it starts this whole big giant ball of maintenance when all she wanted to do is minimize her gray so now i 100 percent agree with you let's talk about that
1: some more because sometimes i i I, the the demi thing there's a place for demis and gray coverage but we need I, i think we need to also talk about the type of demi because a liquid demi really isn't going to do much that's what i use though. Uh, in, in my opinion so uh, what did you say that's
0: exactly what i use and that's why that colorist gave me such a hard time because traditionally it's not your best choice for gray mm-hmm. coverage but from mm-hmm. what i'm looking i want the translucency of a liquid demi I want the low maintenance of a liquid Demi. I want the shine mm-hmm. of a liquid Demi and I don't want any lift. So when I've done yeah. cream Demi on my own hair, mm-hmm. it actually mm-hmm. will give just that little tiny bit of yes. shine because of the alkalinity that creates mm-hmm. that warmth again. So for me, it's, it's still my best choice. It's not for everybody. It's not, you know, yes. a, Yeah. A yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. So, so, what I what I have done is, um, it, it, if you know, there's cream dummies and liquid demmies and I forget the long scientific name for the ingredient in the liquid dummies and the, the uh, I cream. Mean, the mono monoethanolamine. That's it. Thanks. <laughs> so monoethanolamine is a color that just. Uh, it takes a long time to process and so the longer the longer you leave a liquid demi or a cream demi on the more it deposits and so um i i don't always grab for those things those types of colors because to me they are they can be um I guess progressive is the word that I'm looking for. You, The longer you leave them on, the more they will continue to deepen and darken. And so sometimes I will play around with my permanent color and I will use maybe a level lighter with the lowest volume of developer, like say a five volume. And so I get, little to no shift by doing that but that that can be a whole nother conversation because also anything that is a level six or lighter is higher in alkalinity in permanent color and anything that's a level six or lower is lower in alkalinity and the dye loads also change so the dye loads in level six and lower in permanent color are more saturated dilodes versus a six and higher are less saturated, but that doesn't mean that yet those things are different because we have to think of translucent, you know, there's, they're less saturated and translucent in some color lines and less saturated and more opaque in other color lines. And I think we have to think about color very methodically uh, we have to think about what is the color line that we're using on this person. Do we want a saturated look? Do we want a less saturated look? Do we want more deposit in this person and or whatever? And so these are all things I think about with permanent color. With demicolor, I use them to glaze. I use them to blend. Uh, Some textures of hair though, you have to really think carefully because your texture of hair can take a liquid demi very easily. This is something that you have discovered for yourself. But if you take that liquid demi and put it on the wrong texture of hair, you won't see any result. All you'll see is, you know, like a little spindly golden tone, but there's still this sort of frizzy Uncovered look like I know exactly no what we're effect. talking about, and that was I'm that i 'm glad that you mean? said
0: the the you pointed out the lo- the longer you leave it on it 's different there 's all these mm-hmm. arguments about progressive non progressive in my experience and in my own hair, mm-hmm. my formula I sit in this chair in this new you know not a new salon i 've been in the salon before for a haircut, but this was a new colorist doing my color. And when I called, I said, I'm going to be that person that's like your dreaded client. You know, I will bring my color with me if I need to, because I only want this on my hair because that's all that's ever worked for me. So she's, she gave me the whole spiel of, oh, our insurance won't protect us if you bring in, and I'm like, I've, I've, I know that that's everybody's (laughs) excuse that they use. So I said, I understand that, but I am a colorist. I would do my own hair if I could do it right, but I can't. And I, I have a photo shoot that I'm preparing for and I need it to be applied correctly. You know, are you going to be able to work with me? I'm going to be basically a pain in the ass and tell you exactly how I want it applied. Oh no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Told her my formula and I said, do you have that in stock because otherwise I'll bring it with me. She said, I have it here. I said, okay. So I sit in the chair and right from the beginning I said, I brought the color gels, I mean, not color gels, the Shades EQ gel Mm -hmm. developer because, because I have highlights, I find that the Shades EQ processing solution is a little too loose. So it tends to creep down over my blonde. So I said, "I'm, I'm sorry. I know I'm being difficult, but this is what I do for a living. And I just really would love for you to just follow what, what I'm telling you. I would really appreciate it. And she's kind of rolling her eyes. So I said, do you have the gel? developer? She said, yes, I do. I said, okay, I am one ounce of 6NB and one ounce of 6N with equal parts mm-hmm. gel developer. Now, if I really was in full on control freak mode, I would have begged her to put it on with an applicator bottle because I literally <laughs> had that little bit of regrowth. That's all I want it colored. I didn't want any muddying of my existing blonde. So she comes out with the ball and brush and I'm like, oh, here we go. She's going to overlap like crazy and it's going to make me want to leap out of the chair. So she parts my hair and she goes to start putting it on. And I said, I know I'm being really annoying, but can you please do me a favor and start applying in the back? And she kind of looked at me and she's like, what's the difference? And I said, oh, actually there is a big difference. I said, you know, my hair is fine to your point. Um, this is a liquid Demi deposit only color. It can really grab in certain spots. I know my hair and I know it sounds crazy to you, but hair does behave differently depending on body temperature, where you start, where you start. That's not true. Wherever I start and wherever I stop, as long as it's processed for 20 minutes, it's all going to be the same. So actually, Mm. no, that's not true, but can you just please humor me and, and just start in the back? So she starts in the back and within 30 seconds, she's on my part. Going down the front, all around my, hair. I was like, "Stop! Please stop! Please don't put it on my hairline." Why? I said, "Because women over forty have estrogen hair, and your hairline reacts differently to." And I'm trying to teach her as yes, um, yeah. I to do this, and she was so unteachable. She wasn't having it. Mm-hmm. She knew everything, and again, yeah. talking about ageism and and you know what do you know, old lady kind of thing, and I was like. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I wanted to leave. I'm texting my husband. I'm like, this is not going well. My hair is going to be, all my blonde's going to be covered. I have this photo shoot. I'm freaking out. So she continues. And as as I can feel her hitting my head with the brush, I can feel her swiping you know, three inches out onto my blonde. I can feel it the whole time. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is why I'm such a control freak. and I don't want to do it myself. So then she gets it all on. And I said, um, she's like, okay, 20 minutes. I said, I'm sorry, can you please process it for 40 minutes? She's like, why? Shades EQ is 20 minutes and it doesn't do anything after 20 minutes. And I'm like, no, that's not true. You know, it covers mm-hmm. my gray really well in 40 minutes. And can you also please take the time to put a heavy conditioner on my blonde ends. And now she's Mm -hmm. looking at me like she wants to kill me. I said, I know it takes, you know, some extra time, but it really protects my overly porous blonde hair from getting muddied out when you rinse the color. And again, eye roll, totally aggravated. Like it did not go well. And it really, the whole rest of the day, I was just like, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, exactly what I didn't want to happen is it happened because she wouldn't. Yeah. To what I was saying, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's frustrating. Like, like you and I always talk about. We try to be helpful in forums and share Mm -hmm. our experience in what we know to be absolutely true. And Mm -hmm. with Dennis being a chemist, he really. I mean, he'll have a hairdresser two years into the industry arguing with him about something that's an absolute fact of you know the universal law of color or chemistry. And I can just imagine how frustrated he is. And I know you kind of oh, yeah. started to back
1: off of being
0: in the yeah. forums because it's such a I know.
1: Sometimes. Well, it, here's the problem with the forums is everybody's going to have, someone asks a question and everybody gives opinions and there's never really an answer that is based on fact, fact. or science. Yeah. It's all people's experiences and opinions. And so when I started my gray coverage forum um, and the only reason I bring that up is because in the forum it's, it's really, I want, you know, I want to bring an awareness to talk about levels and tones and not necessarily color lines because everybody thinks their color line is the best and that's what works. And it's really not about a color line. It's about, a understanding of the behavior of the texture of hair and how gray works and the different ways of tackling it i mean really can can a hairstylist even think anymore on hair as being level and tone and texture and not necessarily about um Color line. It's it's really it, it's just a different way that we have to think. You know, um, I had a new client recently sitting in my chair, and you know, I, I've had these clients that come to me from another hairdresser, where the hairdresser just foils that gray hair really heavy, mm-hmm. and and then in eight weeks there's this grow out, and then the the client wants that heavy foil again. More, right? And so I have this little trick that I do for these people that sit in my chair where I take my hand and I cover up their regrowth. That's exactly why I, I go like
0: this. Do you yeah, like
1: it now? <laughs> yeah. I say, what do you see when I cover up the regrowth on the top of your head? Do you still see lightness in your hair? And all the time, they will say yes. Mm-hmm. I'll say you really don't need more lightening. What you need is to adjust the tone of the regrowth. And sometimes I will just adjust that tone by almost giving it a bump. So you know, some people call that what do they call that? Where you base breaking. Um, yeah Yeah. so I don't even base break because to me that's very that's really risky you Mm -hmm. know because you're working at the bowl you don't have control of the color it's bleeding onto the other hair so I'll just base break essentially using a 10 volume and permanent color because it shifts it from being mousy or gray to hair with color and tone and really that's that's what a lot of people want to see anyway is they don't necessarily want those highlights all the way up to the the base of the hair or the root line they don't need highlights all the way up to the very edge what they need is some highlights they just feel dull they don't know what
0: they're asking for into a
1: warm tone and and that's something we need to do as stylists over time is is, I think that's where you and I are different and many stylists who've been in the industry for a long time is, is we, we understand where we need to go and what we need to do to the client. And we don't always have to explain to the client, but what we need to do is get that trust from our client and, um, just do what we need to do as hairdressers. Boy, I'm not sure that I I really explained
0: that. No, I totally well, get it. And I I loved when you and I were trying to get a date together for your interview for my monthly membership and you reached out and said, Hey, I happen to be free. I just sent a client home because she wasn't really ready for color. And I love that because my people that would work alongside of me would look at me like I was crazy when a woman would sit in my chair that waited however long for the appointment would sit in my chair and I would look at her and say, what are we even doing today? Your color looks amazing. And it's almost like the client starts to go by the calendar and not by the mirror. And these yeah. more lived in looks, these more, you know, off base highlights and these blends and these glazes and root shadows. It's been for me, my favorite time in the industry. It's such a more natural yes.
1: beautiful
0: look oh, yeah, to have yeah. the integrity To send a paying client, like you and I both, we get paid for that time that they're in our chair and we plan our schedules accordingly. Mm -hmm. And to say, Mary, you look beautiful. You don't need color done today and let them leave. That to Mm -hmm. me is integrity. It's not, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to throw on, you know, clear and pretend I did something when you know that their color looks good. That's the difference Mm -hmm. between a more seasoned, colorists like you and I, and maybe somebody's mm-hmm. starting out who's like, well, I got to do something because I got bills to pay. She's in my chair. And I think that creates sometimes doing something when nothing is necessary creates that tail chase of now she has roots again. Now she has roots again, because you keep doing yeah. it too soon and you're actually creating the need for more higher maintenance. Mm-hmm. So there, there is some, some, uh, benefit of aging in this industry because we've seen it all, we've done it all. And all the new, new trends to the new people becomes a repeat Mm -hmm. for us. Like Mm -hmm. I interviewed someone last week and they were talking about balayage and they said, balayage has been around forever. Constance Hartnett brought it back from Paris 30 some years ago. Like it is not new. And Mm -hmm. everybody's, oh, this new technique, balayage, and all the people that are you know, late adapters are being considered the pioneers and the people who really brought it here are not getting any of the credit. So again, the the ageism of, of -hmm. our industry, (laughs) but you know what, you and I both keep keeping on and we keep talking to whoever will listen, um, because we're still here after all these years. So we're doing something right. And it's really a shame because the industry needs mentors like you and I that actually care Mm -hmm about properly training yes. someone in the art yep. of hair color and and really respecting that fiber. You and I had an entire chat about pH and bringing the pH back down after a color service. I can't mm-hmm. tell you, if, if I say at a class, say I'm at the Premier Orlando show and I say, raise your hand if you use something after a color service to bring the pH back down and to finish off the service. And I think two hands go up out of 300. So there's things mm-hmm. that people are not doing and then they're, oh my gosh, my color's fading. Let me use a purple shampoo. And the whole world is walking around with stained purple hair because they think that purple shampoo solves everything. So there's just all this oh, right. of improper use of different products and almost like the band-aid approach of hair color, where if you do it right and you respect the canvas from the beginning, you don't need all those band-aids to maintain it.
1: Something you said earlier, uh, you know I wanted to talk about that. Um, my mentor talked me about what post oxidation shampoo is and um, and also before I go into that, I wanted to say regarding the clients that are not ready for color, what you do when you send them away, you are developing trust with trust. them you, you know, you are developing, they are developing faith in you because they're, they realize that you're not making any money today. And so that, that is really huge. Like you said, this integrity thing, that's what keeps clients loyal. You know, I have such a, a, loyal clientele. And I think it's just about being real with your clients, talking to them face to face and being honest and not promising the moon and the stars, but you are there to serve them and work together and work towards this common goal. And I think that that comes with time as well, getting comfortable in your skin and how you communicate. And if you have to send somebody home because they really don't need color yet, it's, that's, that's part of education. That's educating your client. That's our job. And, uh, you know, really understanding that they, their hair is the most important. And if they're not ready, really what you're doing is overlapping color if they're not ready. So that's, that's another thing too, to to think about but um do we have time to talk about the post-oxidation shampoo
0: um we people have we save that for another- i'm thinking let's save it because that is a okay. whole
1: other
0: conversation but very <laughs> important very interesting so as soon as we wrap this um episode up let's get another date on the books i feel like i'm taking up all yeah. your time but i could talk to you forever and you know oh we can talk forever. we both are yeah. hair color them. nerds that can just talk forever yeah. So why don't we um, save that for a step two because yeah. it is so hugely important to really bring everything down. You know, we can talk about pH scales and really understanding mm-hmm. alkaline versus acid, uh, yeah. translucency versus opacity. Like these I are know, things there's so much, that, right? Yeah, there's I, so much.
1: Dive deep. Everybody thinks, oh, you know, great coverage is so easy. You just put 20 volume and you're good to go. No. It doesn't work like that. I just want to say, and how's that working for you?
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you know how it's working for them. And that's why there's 52,000 forums saying, help. Why Exactly. Orange. <laughs> help, help,
1: help.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I do, let, let's wrap it up here because that is okay. such a great segue for a part two. And we'll do them um, right in a row. Like we'll end this and then we'll start another one and we'll, we'll launch them within a day of each other. So we don't leave yeah. anybody hanging on those um, pH facts that I think are all too important. So, mm-hmm. um, tell people how they can find you or actually really quick. Let's talk about the Bib buddy. The Bib yeah. buddy is also how we met. Um, yeah, it's an amazing product that Jennifer created her and her husband. You know, we all have those clients that they can't get their neck quite in the bowl. They're either short yeah. or they're elderly and they can't get their butt all the way back. And then we have the whole yeah. drenched back of the shirt. So mm-hmm. they created this bib that has a nice, very, I love the, the generous size of the Velcro because people have bigger necks, smaller necks. Yes. Yeah. Um, it comes in two sizes. I use mine every single time I do hair, no matter how tall, short, I or know, in I my client is.
1: So <laughs> tell people how they can find your wonderful inventions. So they can find us. It is a patented product. And they can find us at bib-buddy.com, b-i-b-buddy.com, and um, we're on uh, Facebook. They can follow us there on our, on our Bib Buddy page. And um, it, it's a product that I created because I needed it. It's simple as that. And um, it, you know that makes me think we should talk sometime on a talk about how to adjust. A client at the shampoo bowl. I think so many times, um, water leaking problems are because there's not the proper height of a client at a bowl. So right. maybe we need to add a pillow, remove a pillow, adjust a chair, whatever. But the bib really is great because it helps create this barrier to redirect water back into the shampoo bowl. And um, people can learn more about that by following us and watching the video on what the bib is and how it works. Yes, it's amazing. Yeah. It, is, it
0: has definitely made a difference in um, my client, my overall client experience where they're, they're totally dry and comfortable the entire um, visit. And I have several of them because I like to let them dry in between using them. And I just, I put it right over top of the towel. So people get freaked Mm -hmm. out about it not being sanitary, but you just put the towel in between under their neck, or you can use the old school sonic strips. And I,
1: yeah, and I just uh, keep my um, barbicide mixed with water in a spray bottle and I just spray down my bib and roll it up in a towel. And I just use you know, I just use it with my clients. Sometimes it's still damp when it goes around their neck, but they're so loaded up with towels anyway. They don't really <laughs> yeah, they they don't don't anyway. notice that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure and I
0: can't wait to Thank record. too. Um, I'm sure people are going to want to know to hear more from you because you really are a wealth of knowledge and have a lot of experience mm-hmm. and you're just a genuine awesome person who loves to share and we need more of that in the world so thank you so much and uh I'll see you You. thank you for listening to the ask the color expert podcast please subscribe and be sure to leave a review for more information on hair color education please visit my website www.expertcolorsolutions.com See you soon.